0: You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 58 of Girl Speak, our news roundup for April 2016. I'm Tiffany Rhodes, program developer for Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, or streaming us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history, and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programs are volunteer-run and supported by listeners like you. Visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org. This month, I'd like to start off with one very important and yet tragic anniversary. In mid-April, the world marked two years since Boko Haram kidnapped 276 girls from a school in Chibok, Nigeria. 57 later escaped, but today 219 girls remain missing. The campaign Bring Back Our Girls continues to advocate for their release and return. Over the past two years the conflict with Boko Haram has only increased expanding to the neighboring states of Cameroon, Chad, and Niger. More children have been abducted or killed by the terrorist organization. As part of their gruesome tactics, these children are used as suicide bombers in crowded markets and public places. Many families have chosen to flee the violence, resulting in over two million people, half of whom are children, becoming refugees in neighboring countries. The crisis is one of the fastest growing in Africa, affecting more people, and more girls every single day. Recently, a video was released by the terrorist group in which some of the missing Chibok girls were identified. The video, believed to have been filmed last December and obtained by US network CNN, showed 15 girls who stated that they were from the school in Chibok and pled with the Nigerian government to cooperate with Boko Haram on their release. Their whereabouts remain unknown. Also in April, the anniversary was commemorated and advocacy efforts renewed with a powerful new song called Around the World. As stated upon the song's release, the song will spread a message to girls that if they go to school the world will be on the lookout for them. If anything should happen to them, we will have their back. We can't afford to move on when the girls have not been brought back. We need to see how we can have many more Malalas in the world. Another piece discussing the Chabak girls that I found personally powerful was released by Jenna Zucker of Girls Learn, which stated, In 2015, I attended the Bring Back Our Girls March at the United Nations in New York. We recited prayers based in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism on behalf of the Chabot girls. We marched up to the Nigerian Embassy, where we held signs and chanted for the girls in an attempt to pressure the Nigerian government to stop Boko Haram. After traveling home that night, I stayed awake doing my history homework until very early in the morning, and the Chabot girls were constantly on my mind. I felt a disconnect with the idea that after chanting for these girls, I was able to travel home and dive right back into my homework like I always do. I could not help but think about how the Chabot girls were abducted because they were trying to do their schoolwork the way I was doing mine. A sense of powerlessness washed over me. Would my chanting, hashtagging, and activism make a difference? I began to realize that my activism has its limits, but that doesn't mean we should stop advocating for the Chabot girls either. Today, two years since the Chabot girls were abducted, the campaign has gained an entirely new meaning in my life. Over the past few months, I have been in the process of writing a book about my grandmother's memories when she survived Auschwitz. She was pushed and shoved through concentration camps, forced to clean bombs so that the Germans could drop them on the Americans. The Shabak girls are being forced to handle bombs like my grandmother was, and are being forced to become terrorists. My grandmother's short-term memory is fading, but the Nazis continue to take over her dreams and keep her awake. Her weak 92-year-old body springs to life when she kicks and waves her withered arms to protect herself from the German officers in her dreams. I hope that in 70 years, Boko Haram will not haunt the Shabak girls' dreams the way the Nazis haunt my grandmother. We must continue to advocate and fight for the Chabot girls. We must continue to march, scream, and hashtag so that our voices can be heard, and so that the Nigerian government is pressured to fight against and stop Boko Haram." Thank you, Jenna, for that meaningful piece. As someone who has covered this story since it began, it is both heartbreaking and infuriating that I am still reporting on it two years later. But I, like many others, will not stop reporting or talking about it until the girls are found and brought home. Until they are able to reunite with their families, attend school, and begin the long and arduous process of healing that faces them. Until we live in a world where women and girls are not a weapon of war, not a casualty or victim, not an object to be taken. By raising our voices, we stand as testament to those who cannot speak for themselves who have been silenced through fear or death, and who dream of a world where they are safe and loved and able to pursue their dreams. While the war with Boko Haram rages on, I am happy to state that progress is being made for girls elsewhere in the world. In mid-April, the World Bank announced that they would invest $2.5 billion over the next five years in education projects that directly benefit adolescent girls. Programs to be supported will include a range of efforts to provide adolescent girls with access to quality education at the secondary level, ensure they are enrolled in and stay in school, and provide scholarships, conditional cash transfers, and schools with basic facilities like clean drinking water and toilets that promote enrollment. As World Bank Group President Jim Yong Kim stated, Empowering and educating adolescent girls is one of the best ways to stop poverty from being passed from generation to generation and can be transformational for entire societies. This increased funding will help provide countries, especially in regions like Sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia, with the tools to expand access to quality education so that all adolescent girls can go to school and reach their full potential. In Malawi, a new partnership between Standard Bank and UNICEF will also support girls' education. The partnership will establish a mentorship program by the bank's employees for schoolgirls in grades 5 to 8 to provide life skills training in order to keep girls in school and avoid early marriages. Currently, only 34% of girls transition to secondary school, and the partnership aims to help increase that percentage. In the Pankese Gorge region of Georgia, Imams and the Council of Elders have decided that religious leaders will no longer endorse marriage for those under the age of 18. Early marriages are common in the region, where religious leaders have a high level of authority. Their public statement about the decision to discourage early marriage is very important, as it will help to curb the incidence of child marriage in the region. The decision is largely the product of the efforts of the Pankisi Council of Women Elders, who have used the support of the United Nations to advocate for women's rights and issues with the male council. Another victory for child marriage occurred in Zambia which has adopted a national strategy to end child marriage by 2030. The country has one of the highest rates of child marriage in the world, with 42 percent of girls married before the age of 18. The new strategy sets a goal of reducing that rate by 40 percent by 2021, and a view to make the country free from child marriage by 2030. In order to accomplish this, Zambia will strengthen multi-sectoral responses to reduce children's vulnerability to marriage develop and review policies and legislation to ensure consistent interpretation and application of interventions, facilitate child-sensitive services to combat attitudes, and mobilize financial resources to implement new programs aimed at reducing child marriage. The strategy has been developed in consultation with UNICEF and the Zambian NGO Coalition on Ending Child Marriage, as well as with the governments of Canada, the United Kingdom and the United States. Mozambique also introduced a new plan to combat child marriage. This strategy outlines eight pillars to end child marriage, including improving girls' access to education, sexual and reproductive health services, and legal reforms. The major factors leading to nearly 48% of girls in Mozambique marrying by the age of 18 are poverty and lack of education. In the United States, the Treasury Department has announced that Harriet Tubman will replace Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill. In addition, images of Lucretia Mott, Sojourner Truth, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Alice Paul will appear on the back of the $10 bill. The announcement comes as a result of campaigns last year to feature more women on currency, with Harriet Tubman winning by popular vote as the public's preferred candidate. Harriet Tubman escaped slavery in the United States during the 1800s and became a leader of the Underground Railroad that guided over 100,000 African Americans to freedom before the Civil War. She made 13 trips on the railroad herself to help others, rescuing about 708 people between the years of 1849 and 1865. The decision is being applauded by many as a step towards greater gender equality in the United States. Also this month, one of our favorite children's television shows has gotten a new face. Sesame Street has introduced their newest puppet, Zari, a six-year-old girl from Afghanistan. She made her debut on the Afghan Sesame Street, tasked to promote female empowerment to preschoolers. Officials from Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit behind Sesame Street, say Zari will wear both casual and traditional clothing and will be veiled where appropriate. As well as pushing for girls' rights, Zari is also set to feature in segments about health, exercise, and well being. In one episode, Zari interviews a doctor to find out how she can become one herself. Now we turn to the incredible girls of April. First up is 11 year old Michaela Ulmer of Austin, Texas. After being stung by a bee twice in one week, Michaela began researching bees and learned that they were dying from colony collapse disorder. Wanting to help, she modified her grandmother's flaxseed lemonade recipe and started selling it with the goal of donating a portion of profits to protect bees. Michaela went on to win $60,000 in startup money from the TV show Shark Tank. This past month, she was awarded an $11 million distribution deal with Whole Foods and named one of the top 10 innovators of the year. She is using her success to expand her Me and the Bees product line and introduce new flavors, all while still helping the bees. Next is the all-girl robotics team, the Gadget Girls, who hail from Wake County, North Carolina. The team of six high school girls has conceptualized, designed, and built their robot. Which is adorned with Girl Scout cookie boxes. At the North Carolina State FIRST Robotics Competition, the girls were awarded with the 2016 Imagery Award and will go on to the statewide competition. Then there's 10 year old Esther O'Cade, who just entered college. Esther is a math lover who recently scored the highest average in her class at Open University in the UK. She is currently studying math at the college level with plans to get her doctorate degree before reaching the age of 18. She also hopes to own her own bank. Next are two incredible girl journalists. First is nine-year-old Hild Kate Leziak, who went viral on social media when her story of a murder in her neighborhood appeared hours before professional local news outlets. Hild runs the Orange Street News, which focuses on her community in Sullins Pennsylvania. When she broke the murder story, some adults took issue with her intrepid reporting. Some even go so far as to tell her she can't be a reporter because she's a girl. Other comments even told her to go home and play with her dolls. When people say I can't because I'm a girl, it makes me angry, Hild told Yahoo News. It makes me angry to think that people think just because I am nine, I can't do good work. Hild responded to her detractors, stating in a video that went viral, Because of my work, I was able to inform the people that there's a terrible murder hours before my competition even got to the scene. In fact, some of these adult-run newspapers were reporting the wrong news, or no news at all. I know some of you just want me to sit down and be quiet because I'm nine, but if you want me to stop covering the news, then get off your computer and do something about it. Well said, Hild. Our other girl journalist is 18-year-old Shandi, who runs a newspaper in Delhi that tells the stories of more than 10,000 children living in poverty. Her paper, which translates to Voice of Children, is solely comprised of stories written by children living in poverty. For example, the paper advocates for street children to have national identity cards, and it shares stories of acts of kindness the street children see daily, which humanize the thousands of overlooked and undercared for children living on the street. An estimated 51,000 children live on the streets in India, and her work is helping to showcase their stories and advocate for government action. Our final incredible girl comes from a Jordanian refugee camp. 15-year-old Omaima Hoshin is campaigning against child marriage. Two years ago she was spurred to action when her best friend, who was one of the best students in her class, was married off at the age of 13. Today, Hoshin runs workshops for teenage girls and their parents, trying to dissuade them from participating in the custom and keep their girls in school. A third of all marriages among Syrian refugees include one partner under the age of 18, and Hoshin is working to decrease that number. She hopes to attend university and become a human rights lawyer. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to tune in to our next podcast on May 15th. Also, please help support the future production of Girl Speak, by visiting our website at www.girlmuseum.org and clicking Donate. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you'd like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.